professional to believe in Tennessee golf here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Our show is a breakdown of all things golf in the volunteer state. We will cover men's and women's golf tournaments, professional and amateur events, and dive into junior golf as well. We will talk to the players, the instructors, and the organizers. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directories, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at pbrandon21 or on Twitter at QIC underscore golf pro. So, courses are still maintaining open. It's a strange time right now with, with the COVID-19 going on. And, and so I know a lot of us are confined to the house, working from home. Um, and, and going back to what Lauren Personet talked about last week, got me thinking. Um, you know, his go-to drill is just a putting track. Uh, he's got a little bit of an arc. He spent some time with his, his um, putting green up in his uh, upstairs bedroom. You can go back and listen to that podcast and, and hear a lot of the things that he said. Um, and, you know, thinking about it as he's an 11-time player of the year, you kind of want to listen to those guys. If Tiger Woods says he was working on this or Brooks Kepka said he was working on this, it all kind of perk up our ears and chime. And, and so with all the confusion and the chaos going on, I decided this week to make it about the listeners again and, and go back to Instagram and go back to Twitter, see what people are talking about and, and kind of come back with that. And so... This section, um, and it's brought to me in a couple of different uh, by a couple of different listeners, as far as what are the drills to really focus on and, and to work on in the off season. And, and so I was sitting around the house the other day uh, and, and rolled out my little putting green again. Got thinking about the one Lauren does, and um, I'm fortunate enough to have several motion capture systems uh, that can read what the putter is doing in the stroke. I've got some lasers for alignment, stuff like that. So I roll out the putting green and hook up the Biomech. And I'm not promoting the Biomech, but it's what I use. Um, but what the Biomech is, it's a sensor that hop, pops onto your putter. Uh, you can calibrate it. It works with a Wi-Fi to, or a Bluetooth through an iPad. And it's able to measure how much the putter face opens and closes through impact. And it's actually able to measure how much the face is open or closed at impact. You can also read how much it closes through the finish. You can read how much loft you de-loft and how much loft you add to it. We know if the putter face squares up before impact, after impact, or if it's squared during the impact. And, and testing with these guys, and again, I remember seeing articles from Island Golf years ago. But if you can be within 1.27 degrees of square, so you can be a little open or a little close, so you actually have a three-degree window um, or a two-and-a-half-degree window uh, at impact that you can still make an eight-footer. So it got me thinking, okay, BJ Tour, we, we've seen the stats. The, the average Tour Pro makes 50% from eight feet. Now, I'll kind of go over those stats in a second and kind of show you how it fluctuates. But again, they're basically 50-50 from eight feet. So what the sensor allows us to show is if you're within this two and a half degree window uh, of one one and a quarter this way and one and a quarter that way, you can still make eight footers if you're lined up correctly. So I decided to put myself through a little test. So I jumped up, hooked up the sensor, calibrated, rolled 20 putts, and you know, 13 out of 20 um, inside that that range. Had a couple get outside, so again, I was 65 percent which would be better than the tour average from there. Now, again, straight putt in my living room, 
not comparing by any means, but again, it's a it's a way to practice straight putts. So they got me thinking. So I break out my sight line laser to make sure I put the ball in the same spot every time. And then I break out one of my training aids, very similar to what Lauren talked about. I use an eye line, uh, the, the, the putt plane, um, and, and hooked up and, and ran 20 putts. And all 20 of those putts were inside that parameter. In fact, I don't think I had anything over 0.6 degrees off. Um, so pretty much everything within a, a, a degree to degree and a half deviation and all you need is a two and a half deviation so it got me thinking about the putting stats and just doing the breakdown so if by using that little training aid for five ten minutes today i'm able to improve my putting by about 35 percent from eight feet i now go from slightly better the tour average to possibly leading the tour now again not comparing my living room to a tour green but the stroke and the overall face at impact from eight feet is the same if you can read the green and you have the right speed, your club face being square to your target is going to send it down that line and increase your chances of making the putt. So what I started with, um, I went to 8 foot and uh, I looked at the 2019 season and I do this a lot with my students throughout uh, just to keep things in perspective and real world. And I'll always use the completed season before because you just had more data to look at. And so from eight feet last year, uh, Wyndham Clark led the tour at 75.44% from exactly eight feet. Now, this is not seven feet. This is not nine. This is just the eight feet number that they used from ShotLink. He had 57 attempts, uh, and he made 43 of those. Now, you drop down, and, and last year there were 188 players whose stats were tracked on the PJ Tour. Um, and, and the worst person in that category, and I won't say their name, you can look them up, but the worst person in that category was 32.14. So we're talking about almost a 50% difference between the number one guy on tour in this particular stat and the number 188 player um, on the tour. So if we look at 94 as the median, it would come out to be 53.06. So again, falls pretty close to my preset number of 50% from 8 feet. Um, number 188 had 28 attempts from 8 feet and only made 9 of those. Um, the 94th player, the 53%er, had 49 attempts and made 26. So the next time you're out over the weekend and you've got that 8-footer and you feel like you should have made it, remember the best guys in the world don't make it every time. So again, that's kind of their, their coin flip, their 50-50. Now, to put the stat even to more perspective i went to inside 10 foot now this is every putt that occurred from 10 foot and in all the way from your tap ins um and Wyndham clark was leading that stat as well making 91.06 percent uh he had 1298 attempts and made a hundred uh sorry a thousand 182 of those um so again last year putting from inside 10 feet that was your guy Scrolling down to the 188, um, this player had 84%. Now, again, you got to remember for all the one foot, the two foot, the three foot, that's why those the putting from inside 10 foot is better than the statistical average of just eight foot. And I'll show you that as I move to uh, another number here in a second. But so that 84% player, that 188, 90, 982 attempts and made 834. So had... 300 less attempts, and yet made 300 less. But now we're only seeing 
from inside 10 feet, we're only seeing about a 13% difference between the best and the worst. So again, as we get closer, the num this numbers just become smaller and smaller um, together. Now, when we go to 5 feet, and again, this just being all the putts from exactly 5 feet, um, at this point, we see Graham McDowell leads this stat 96.97%. Um, uh, he had 66 attempts and made 64 of them, so we only missed 2 from 5 feet. All year. Um, scrolling down to 188, we'll see a good drop there. Um, this is 65%, so again, being better than the 8 foot, but not as good as the inside 10 feet. So again, we're looking at there of a 30 degree change between the best and the worst in that stat, or 30% change. This player had 61 attempts and only made 40. Going to the median, 80.68% um, with 88 attempts making 71. So this is something you can all do around your house to work on this. Um, you can go to your local golf store uh, if they're open. If not, you can go to their websites and order and do curbside delivery or have it delivered to your house. Um, and just set something up in the living room and spend two to three hours a week. Not a night, not a day, just over the course of a week. But just practice those five to eight footers. Um, again, as we know, the tour average is 50-50 on from eight feet. So why practice missing putts? And that's exactly what you would get into. And, and Dr. Bob Latella talks about in his uh, golf is not a game of perfect. Um, that the best players spend most of their time putting from inside six feet. Um, because if their putter faces square and they can make those putts, now all they have to do is worry about their speed on their longer putts. Um, and so you know, one of the great drills like Lauren talked about last week is just getting a putting arc um, and just or some type of putting training aid, whether it's an arc or straight back, straight through or inside down the line, whatever your putting stroke is. And just practice squaring the face at impact, sending it down the line. Um, I know I talked about it earlier this year. My good friend Matt Walters um, at Vanderbilt Legends Club did a ruler challenge. He takes a three or four foot, uh, three or four foot ruler, so thirty six or forty eight inches, metal ruler. Get them in the workshops, Lowe's, Home Depot, uh, Ace Hardware, anywhere. Turn into more ads this week than I am anything, but just really simple things you can pick up anywhere. And all Matt had his students do was practice it, rolling it down this ruler. Uh, put the ball in the hole. You can square the face up to the ruler, so you know you lined up exactly where you want to. And all you're trying to do is send the ball off the end of the ruler, just simply spending some time with that drill. A couple of hours a week, just being able to square the face and send it on your intended target. There are only three skills to putting. Number one is can you hit it where you're aimed? It's all about directional control. Number two, it's about speed. Did you hit it at the speed to play the break that you have? And number three, it's about green rating. Well, we're not able to get on the greens, most of us right now. Um, and, and so we can work on the, just making those short putts. If you go back and look at that statistical average, that from eight feet, the best player on tour last year made three out of four. That's it. And, and inside 10 feet, again, with all the ones, twos, it's, it's, it's a skewed number, but they're making 91% of their putts from inside 10 feet. But it's because the majority of those putts are inside that eight-foot number. And that's a direct statistical. If you just go and look on the PJTourStats.com and look at putting from two feet and four feet and six feet, and you'll see where they actually start to miss putts. 
Um, and, and so the putting drills are just something you can do around the house really well. Um, I know you can go to YouTube and, and search pretty much every golf instructor out there that's doing some online stuff. Um, you can go to the Golf Tech website and go to their scramble, and they'll have tons of stuff there. Um, you can see the bio guys. Uh, the, the guys are talking about how the body works throughout and using drills. And so you have a wealth of information. So whatever you and your instructor have been working on, and reach out to your instructor. I mean, right now in this time, I'm working from home doing virtual lessons. Um, students are sending me their swings. I'm putting in software. I'm looking at it, voicing it over, sending them the drills to work on. Just a great way to, to stay in contact and be safe while this is going on. And there's a lot of other places doing virtual lessons as well. But with this wealth of information, get with what you and your instructor have been working on and get a drill to work on in the house. Um, I know one that I recommend a lot if you're trying to shallow your path um, and do it on the outside of the house so I don't get blamed for scratches on the walls. But you can take an alignment stick and just set up with your, your back to the outside of the house. Um, and, and you're going to take this alignment stick to the top and you put the stick on the side of the house. And from there, you're just going to practice turning the lower body and holding the stick back across the wall. And what that's going to do, it's going to help your wrist bends. It's going to keep your hands down in a better position and shallow that path. I know Matt Walters, again, talked about it one really good on that last week about shallowing the path and making sure you're not doing it incorrectly. Um, and that's the other thing. It's why it's really a, an advantage to have your professional help you with the drills that you're doing. Again, uh, I always use the Jim Hardy one plane, two plane swing as an example. And if you've never heard this story, it's very similar to my friend Charlie King's story. But so Jim goes out on tour, thinks he's going to play, he's working on his game, goes to the top 100 instructor in this town, and this guy tells him this is what he needs to be working on. He plays throughout the summer. He's not seeing the improvement. He's in another town, so he's a not another top 150 instructor. And he goes in, and this guy tells him something totally different. And, you know, it's kind of weird that top instructors would tell you things differently, but it's they're all trying to get to the same place, but they're taking different paths. But Jim went into a little bit more detail with it, and he actually had Peter Jacobson do the drills for the book. But what happened is some people are one-plane swingers, and I'm not going to get very technical on that, but it just means that the hands travel on the same path and plane around the body. And then they are two-planers, and they will actually have their hands move up or down off that plane, and there'll be a change. And drills you give one-planers don't necessarily work for two-planers and vice versa. And so Jacobson does a really good job in the book of uh, red shirt for one, blue shirt for the other, and, and mimicking those drills to kind of help you throughout that. So um, with the information age that we're in and, and the ability to, to jump online and see all types of videos and drills, um, Again, I see so many instructor stuff come through my pages, and I watch a lot of it just to see, oh, hey, I never thought about that way, or yeah, yeah, I really don't like the way he's wording that, but I like that drill, and so I may borrow that one. Um, and that's all we're doing. We're borrowing each other's drills to help our students, but what's, it's really hard to throw a wide net across to everybody, so be careful with people who are trying to fix your swing who don't see your golf swing. Um, ball flight rules tells us what causes a fade, now we just got to figure out why you do that. Um, and without seeing the swing, you can jump to a lot of conclusions and they might be wrong. Um, 
again, growing up, I was taught if you swung in and out, the ball would draw. And uh, the club face is open to that path. It will not. It will start right, and it will continue right. And it's the big block, uh, the double cross. You'll hear it from a lot of the guys as they're trying to hit a shot one way or the other. Uh, and so, again, just get with somebody. Have them look at your swing. Do a breakdown. Um, I've sat in several seminars with uh, companies. I know V1 Sports has an app you can actually download. Uh, if your instructor is on their app, you can download it to your locker. He can go through and critique it at that point uh, and, and do some breakdowns and then send you some drills to kind of work on. Very similar to the software I'm using. But it's really just finding some drills right now that you can do around the house where, again, I know there's some states, uh, fortunately Tennessee's not one of them yet, but there are some states where the golf courses have been shut down. Uh, there are some states where golf is just play, have fun. Tennessee's currently in a, you can play, but there are restrictions. Walking only at some golf courses, you can only ride in the cart by yourself at others, so everything's a little bit different. So in this time of everybody staying at home and trying to be safe, just find a couple of putting drills, um, work on some stretching drills, working some path drills, whatever you and your coach decide you need to be working on. Um, Lauren mentioned last week he actually gets out in the yard and chips, and I've got a chipping net and a a mat board that I will I'll do it lots of times where I'll set up in the, the front yard and chip down between the two houses, me and my next door neighbor. And we're all friends and they know I'm not going to hit their house, so it works out nicely. But just kind of working on, you know, not even big shots, just 20, 15-yard chip shots. Being able to hit that soft touch shot. So when we're able to get back out there and play, um, it'll help. Um, I know I really dedicate a lot of time to the, uh, the, the putting side today, but it's just, again, we see – Almost half your shots are putting, um, and it's the one area that I don't care if you're trying to hit a cut with your driver, you draw your driver. It, when it comes down to putting, the same principles apply. If the putter face is close to square, you've got a chance. If it's not, it doesn't. Um, we've heard about the the inside in, uh, inside down the line. We've heard about the putting arc. We've heard about straight back, straight through. They're all great methods if they work for you. Billy Mayfair actually took the putter outside and cut across it. But at the moment of impact, he squared the putter face. So, again, it comes down to can you send it where you're aimed, can you get the right speed, and can you read the green so that you're aiming in the right position. So the putting is the key. So jump on, find a lot of putting drills. Again, look at Matt Walters. Um, from Matt Walters Academy, you can see his, his ruler drill. Uh, you can definitely check out... Um, uh, I, I line golf. Uh, that's where I get a lot of my training aids. So you can go to them and kind of see how they have their setups and do some of their drills. Uh, you can see all kinds of T drills and using uh, a sleeve of golf balls to keep the putter path going in the right direction. Just things like that. It's all out there. So um, it, it's just really working, spending the time committing right now. Roll some putts in the house. Um, get out to the parks that you can uh, or the golf courses and, and, and putt around a little bit and just kind of work on the short game. Now, if you're looking for full swing stuff, again, I'm going to tell you, get with your coach. Figure out what you need to be working on because I've never seen you swing a golf club before. Um, and without seeing that, I, it's really, I can make a guess, but nobody pays me to guess what's wrong with their golf swing. Um, so it's a, it's a about seeing the 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 swing itself and seeing the information presented of what's the ball do, what's the club do, what's the hands, what's the body do, and then using all the information to change the desired ball flight and move it in that right direction. So get with your instructors. 
Uh, again, I know a lot of them are doing uh, online classes, doing the virtual lessons like we're doing uh, to kind of get you in a better position. Um, they're just a phone call or an email away. Uh, this time, they're pretty easy to get back to you uh, and get a response. So, you know, find the time, 10, 15 minutes, reach out to your pro, tell them what's going on in your golf swing, see what's going on. Um, well, that one turned into a little bit longer rant about your putting than I intended, but again, it's where half your shots occur from. I know I've already said that, but why wouldn't you commit that time and work on it? Um, another thing to start thinking about right now as we're getting ready to get back into it and everybody's getting ready to get open back up is, are your clubs tuned in for you? When will you fit for your last clubs? I know I was having this conversation with a student the other day uh, about um, wanting his specs from a fitting that was done a couple of years ago. And, and really in that aspect, he was just looking for uh, uh, the shaft recommendations. He, he loved the clubs he bought at that point, but he was thinking about some new clubs, got some things on special. And, and like I told him, I, I understand that there's a deal. It's a, it's a very good club. Just don't know that it's going to change his game currently. Um, he only got to play two times last year and he fell right into his 14 handicap. So again, not like he's playing bad. He's playing what he's comfortable playing and didn't get a chance to practice it. New clubs aren't always the answer, but a lot of times clubs can be holding you back. Um, if you've made some swing changes with your coach over the last couple of years, it might be a good time to, as soon as we we get out and start playing again, or if you're still playing, get out now. Um, and just go through a tune-up. Make sure that the line goals are set on those clubs. Make sure the ball flight's where you want. Have them retest the shafts. Maybe... You've gotten a little bit stronger um, over the last couple of years. Maybe you've done some workouts or some swing training, or or maybe your club speed's gotten a little bit slower. Maybe you didn't get to play as much, and so the muscles for speed just aren't there. And, and so by going through the, the fitting process, and I know this has been one that's been brought up multiple times on the show, but don't always look at as new clubs as the answer, but you're going in to make sure that the clubs you have still work. Um, it, it's just like, yeah, you, you decide to run a marathon and hey do the shoes still fit H hadn't worn them in a while and wants to want to make sure so look at the equipment and, and not that i want to blame the equipment but i want to make, get the reassurance that the club the clubs are doing what they're supposed to and they're not holding me back um for years i've always said this um and, and i always use chris demarco as an example because he was a pin guy and, and ping was the leader in fitting for so long with so many different color codes and options but if you gave Chris, Chris DeMarco Patty Smith's clubs, and I don't even know who Patty Smith is, just the name I made up, you give him 10, 15 minutes on the range, and he can figure out how to hit him on the golf course and go play. But he's a very skilled player, you know, multiple tournament wins, very close to the Masters, a couple of years actually, and he could make it work. But this is a guy that hits balls and practices with that intent that he understands the swing. For us average public players who don't get to go to the range as much and don't, the properly fit club is going to help us more. It's going to tighten up our dispersion. So we take um, Pam and give her Chris DeMarco's club. She has no chance. I um, always talk about this one a little bit as well. So when Michelle Wee was first coming out of uh, high school and playing uh, tournament golf, she played in the Sony Open, uh, I know at least once, maybe a couple of times, competing against the guys. Well, the week before, with her living in Hawaii at the time, she went over to the uh, Tournament Champions event. And she got in, she played her practice round with Tiger Woods. And they were 
doing some stuff, and they got they were both on Nike and and, and were kind of friends anyway. And she hit his driver. Um, he was she was like, "Oh, what's that?" And he said, "Oh, here, hit it." And she hit it. And he goes, "Well, you can play it next week if you want to." And she was smart enough to realize that even though she could swing harder than most girls, she didn't need a club that Tiger Woods was playing. And so she, you know, declined, said, thank you so much. But that was the topic that, you know, Tiger here, here, hit my club. And she hit it good. And she can outdrive me anytime she wants to, lengthwise. Um, but she realized that that was a club that just wouldn't work for her over the long term. She may hit it good that one time. And that's for too often, that's what club fitting was, is we need a nine and a half or ten and a half. And there are guys that have been playing that club for 20 years. And that's just what they keep buying. Um, and, and they've played a stiff for that long. Um, or I, I get a lot of ladies who come in and they, they've, you know, they've always played a ladies flex, but they're, they're taller, they're stronger, um, than what that club's designed for. And so I've put those players into senior flex or even moved them into regular flex just because the amount of speed they can put on it. So the flex system, uh, it, it fluctuates from company to company and it's just because the club was made and imperfections as it goes across it. So it's nothing against the companies. It's just a lot of people, a lot of parts touching it, and it's just really hard to, to keep the standards that exact. But when we're, we're dealing with things like that, you might hit somebody stiff, and you might hit somebody else's regular, and they perform the exact same. And it has nothing to do with the flex of the shaft being the only component. It's a small scale of the of everything that's going on. And so by going through and just getting your clubs tuned in, and maybe you need a little bit more loft this year, maybe you need a little left loft, less loft this year, like I said, maybe you need the angles tweaked or adjusted. But start planning out your season. We've got some really good time. I know I talked about this uh, back in January. Start setting your goals. We're getting a little bit of a reset or a reboot. Um, so instead of setting our goals and then it getting nice enough to play, we're getting ready to have a chance to play. Um, Weather's been nice this week. I know a lot of people are getting out and seeing all the pictures from the courses. So sit down, think about your goals. Um, do you need to get your clubs analyzed? Do you need to work on your putting? Do you need to continue to work on your path with your pro? But figure out what you need to do for 2020. Um, everybody be safe, stay at home, and uh, hopefully we'll get out pretty soon and play some golf.